Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Bold Business Bits podcast show with Ros Jones. And today I'm joined by Caitlin Hazel of Caitlin Hazel Freelance PR. So Caitlin found herself in a situation where she was struggling to be great at motherhood and great at her job. So she plucked up courage and found a business model that would enable her to be great at both while doing something that she's passionate about too. What could be better than that? Listen on and hear Caitlin's story. Hello and welcome to my podcast show, Bold Business Bits. This is Ros Jones and today I'm joined by Caitlin Hazel of Caitlin Freelance PR. Hi Caitlin. Hi there Ros. Thank you so much for joining me today. And Caitlin, we met recently at a networking event, the Rydale Business Networking Event. And as we got talking, you told me that you were working at the wonderful Castle Howard Tell me more about what it is you're doing there and how you came to be there. Okay, well, I've been with Castle Howard just over three months and I'm looking at their sponsorship and corporate offerings initially. So my first task was to look at events like the Fabulous Proms, which takes place this year on Saturday, August the 3rd. And now for the first time, Castle Howard are opening up opportunities to businesses to get involved. Things like through either VIP tickets where they can bring clients to enjoy the proms or through advertising, and there's some really exciting sponsorship opportunities as well, which involve marketing and getting their brand in front of the proms audience. Castle Howard, I'm also going to be looking at their corporate offering across the year, looking at how businesses can get more engaged with Castle Howard events, and also through their own private events, whether that's Christmas parties, meetings or conferences. So it's a really exciting time, I think. They've got a really packed full programme of events coming up. And yeah, I'm excited to be part of that. Fantastic. I love Castle Howard. You can just, I'm a friend of Castle Howard, which means I can just go in there anytime I like and just wander around. Still haven't found the pyramid. <laughs> right. But anyway, that, so that's I'm still great. finding my way around too. <laughs> So in terms of your background in PR, so that's, this is a fabulous opportunity for you. So t- tell me a bit about your journey, Caitlin. So how did you get into PR? It, it's not a straight line journey, that's for sure. I studied public relations at university in Leeds and then I went backpacking and found myself living in Dublin where I worked in fundraising. So although fundraising isn't directly PR, there's a lot of PR involved in fundraising and promoting events. And I worked on big big events with national charities for eight years, also working with corporate partners and corporate social responsibility, getting more businesses involved in the charities I was working for. And then after eight years in fundraising, I decided I needed a change and moved to the bright lights of London, where I worked with the family business, The French House, for a further eight, nine years, I think it was. What's The French House? The French House is antiques, French antique specialist. We, they did renovating and restoring antiques, but also um, making bespoke furniture for some really 
big companies and big clients that were sent all across the world. So that was a really lovely time to be involved in not only the family business, but a building business that was getting bigger and bigger all the time. So what was your what was your role there? My role started off just helping out, helping out my brother who who ran the business at the time single handedly. So I was just helping out in the shop and doing bits of admin. But over the time there, I took on more responsibility and really worked full time on helping him build the business, working with designers and working with clients to make sure that they got what they needed when they needed it, working on photo shoots and finding and building PR opportunities what for kind the business. Of, what kind of PR was that then? It was all interior, mostly interior magazines and, like I say, loaning pieces for shoots where making sure that we were credited, writing little bits of press where I could, but mostly it was the magazines and the interior designers that would come and seek us out. The one interesting thing, well, not the one interesting thing, there was lots of interesting things, but one interesting thing about the French house was it was a really sort of discreet business. You had to really seek us out to find us. And I think that was the kind of bit that designers really enjoyed. You know, they thought that they were finding a hidden secret that, you know, the other designers hadn't. And it was, yeah. with it being a family business, with two northerners running it, I think it added to the charm of the business, I'd say. Yes. So what did you do exactly, though? So if it's a hidden business, mm. but you suddenly drew attention from to do photo shoots and how did you what did you so we had yeah so we'd advertise our premises as a place where people could hold photo shoots on different location shoot websites and magazines like telegraph on sunday or world of interiors you know some of the trendier ones like living etc when they were using our spaces other stylists would see those in print and it would say location the french house parsons green it's kind of how it built up oh brilliant and um and so it was basically you finding those opportunities yeah so through well me and my brother we'd we'd look at you know we'd work closely with interior designers and some of these interior designers had really good contacts that you know they were able to kind of put our name forward for and we ended up sending like I say furniture all across the world and redoing old chairs making them suitable for commercial use in restaurants in London so yeah it was a really lovely time but then after I think I think it was eight or nine years working working with the business I decided that I wanted to move back to Yorkshire. Um, my son was five at the time and I thought that being back in York near the family fold and friends would, would be good for both of us. So that's what we did. We moved back to Yorkshire. Mm. And what's happened to the French house now? It's still very much going. Yeah. We've always had another shop in York. The one in York has been going 25 years. In May this year, we celebrated our 25th anniversary. We had a little event at the French house in York. And I'm back doing some work with them as well, two days a week, working oh. on their PR and sort of building their brand and looking at increasing their footfall to the shop because they've like I say they've been going 25 years and they've they've always had a steady flow of regular clients but I think they appeal across the board more to younger people as well and it's sort of getting their brand and name in front of those people in Yorkshire not just York but Yorkshire as well yeah brilliant and you said you'd moved back to York because you thought it would be a better place for you and your son so 
Has it been? It absolutely has, yeah. Okay. I've, I'm lucky enough to have my mum and my dad close by. I've got a brother with a daughter a similar age, um, lots of friends with children. So we've just got much more of a sort of support network in York than we than we had in London. My son settled in school here, great schools. Not that it wasn't in London, but it's a great school up here. And yeah, we, we love living in York. My son's lost his London accent. He's now <laughs> dropped his T's. <laughs> So in your time at the French house, I know you, you went in really just to, you, just to sort of help with the admin and you ended up driving it forward into this, to become this spectacular business of international fame. What is it that drives you, Caitlin? I think it was easy to feel driven with the family business. I wanted the family business to do well. I, you know, I had obviously had an invested interest, not just as an employee, but also wanting to see my brother and my dad's business, because the, the one in York is run by my dad and his wife, to do well. So I suppose that's the driving force. But also, you know, I've worked in the charity sector and you want the charity to do well. So I think it's it's always been important to me to work for a business that has heart and soul, mm-hmm. which is why... Like I say, I've been drawn to the charity sector for many years. I think maybe that's just, everybody wants to do a good, not everybody, most people should want to do a good job at what they do. But I think if you work for a business that you feel passionate about, then yeah. that's, it, it's easier for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And what about, so when you first came to York, what did you do then? When I first came to York, I had bought an old house that needed completely renovating. So I was busy stripping walls and ripping up dirty old carpets for a few months and in the me- at the same time as looking for a job and I found myself working for York Theatre Royal which I was there for f- nearly five years I worked there as the development manager looking after their fundraising mm-hmm. events which was really exciting and a super opportunity yeah I bet and then what and then after five years working at the theatre and I'd worked as I say in the charity bit sector in for eight years and I'd worked with the family business for similar time I decided it was time to kind of finally get the kind of not the work-life balance but the kind of work family balance that I'd been craving all my son's life so I decided to go freelance to try and finally kind of get to that point where I can pick him up from school and help him with his schoolwork. I think all parts of a children's life are important but as my son's now just about to finish year five and going into his last year of primary school I really want to kind of help him with work and also you know pick him up and he has downtime at home and not just coming home at six o'clock every day exhausted and not getting that quality time to spend time together so that was the kind of final push I think I needed to go freelance and give it a give it a whirl on my own well done I think I find this quite a lot a lot of women that's the catalyst that they want to they want to create their lives around being able to give that quality time for their for their kids so it's often the driving force and how's that working so far really good it's only been three and a half months but he, yeah, he seems to enjoy seeing my face at the school gates earlier than, <laughs> earlier than just before. Just as well. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, we come home, he still just wants to plonk down and have a nice pop and watch a bit of telly. But he knows that I'm here, even if I'm back at my computer working. He's at home. We're not necessarily doing arts and crafts every day, but we are getting more time together. I'm more relaxed the day-to-day things that you have to do as a parent like cooking and cleaning those things I can kind of work around his time at school so that I'm not those things are impacting on the time when he's home Mm -hmm. 
I can read to him every night. I can put him to bed still feeling quite relaxed because I'm much more relaxed in my my life now, I guess. And then I can always come back to my work once he's in bed. Mm -hmm. So I'm not doing any less hours, that's for sure. But I'm just doing them in a different way. Yeah. Why is it that we put so much pressure on ourselves, Caitlin, do you think? I think... As women, we want to be successful, not just as a parent, but if you're interested in business, which a lot of us are, you want to succeed in business. But it feels like sometimes it has to be one or the other. It has to be either being successful at motherhood and being a full-time mum or being successful in business and being a full-time worker. And I think trying to find that balance is really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I was getting to the stage where I didn't feel like I was doing either one particularly well. I thought something's going to have to give. And of course, you prioritize being a parent so that's when I made the decision but I think the pressure comes from wanting to be good at both um and that's not always an easy balance to find and who is it that tells us that we are not good enough we tell ourselves (laughs) unfortunately yeah I'm sure it's not the case and even though I've always worked full-time since my son was very very young he he doesn't see me in that way. He doesn't exactly. see me. He still thinks I'm a, a super mom yeah. and hardworking. But yeah, we put too much pressure on ourselves, that's for sure. So you're doing the work now at Castle Howard. And then I know that's only part time. So what, what's the other hat that you wear? Yeah, so I'm, I'm working for three clients at the moment. I'm working with Castle Howard two days a week on their sponsorship and corporate relations. I work two days a week for the French House, looking at their PR and brand building and finding opportunities for them to drive footfall and similar work for Upside Down Design, who are an interiors and design studio and shop on Bootham. So similar work for both the French House and Upside Down, but very different kind of products in terms of one's antiques and the other one is much more contemporary homeware. And... How, you know, do you have room for more? Are these, are these for, you know, these long-term clients or, or I guess you... I guess that them, depends. Know? I think Castle Howard could certainly, I hope, anyway, fingers crossed, it could keep going because there's lots more events. There's lots more corporate opportunities that I can work on with them. In terms of the French House and Upside Down, I don't know. We'll just have to kind of see how it goes. At the moment, I don't have time for more because I'm working five days. And like I say, I don't want to take on more work and then that impact on my home and family life. But I I am open to people contacting me. And I think, you know, I can, I'm now in a position which is really exciting to be able to only take on work where I feel I can benefit them, not just taking on work for the sake of it. I want to be able to add value for clients. But certainly if somebody's interested in working with me, I'd be delighted to hear from them. Where would they go to, how would they get in touch with you? I, I have a website which also shows all the kind of work I have done for the three clients mentioned. It's just my name. It's caitlinhazel.co.uk. I also have a blog on there, which I have a blog at the moment on there about how I decided to go freelance. I've also got one about Father's Day for Upside Down. And I've also got one about sustainable shopping for the French house. And I'm going to be writing one this month for castle howard i'm trying to kind of represent my clients through blogs so if anybody's interested in either guest blogging for me that would be always of interest as well fabulous is it easy difficult or just is and to separate you know you're working with different clients Mm. i mean i work with different clients but not so immersed i guess as as you do so how do you separate out your your thinking about yeah i i naively thought when i started that i would have clear days for each client and of course that doesn't always work 
out that way. So emails pop in that I feel have to be responded to. But I'm I'm trying to kind of, I'm learning as I go because I've never worked in this way before. So I'm trying to kind of respond to a client, respond to an email. If it doesn't take too long, I would, if it was only a five minutes, I wouldn't be kind of thinking, well, I've got to add five minutes on for somebody else that day. But, you know, if it does impact on my day, then I'm just kind of making up the time for the other clients. I, I suppose I'm trying to do it that way. I mean, as much as I can, I try and focus on a client a day. But as I say, things happen, don't they? And what's the what's the best thing about your work? What do you love about what you do? Oh, gosh. I run on my lunch break, which is really exciting. Mm. I haven't been able to... <laughs> I wasn't able to do that before because I was in an office and you wouldn't, be able to, wouldn't want to come back to an office all sweaty. I think having the kind of freedom to work with clients that are of interest to you is really exciting not having to do certain things for tasks you know I I can literally pick and choose what I do and I'm also being in a position at the moment which I'm lucky enough to be able to pick up a little bit of writing work which gives me a creative outlet so I think for a long time I've enjoyed writing but I haven't had an opportunity to do that so that's exciting Mm, what kind of writing feature writing so again, I suppose PR is is creative, but you know, instead of just writing factual sort of press releases, I'm being able to write a little bit more creatively. I've had a something published recently in Independent Life, which is a new um, magazine for York. There's also a Leeds one. Sorry, it is a York and Leeds one. It covers both both cities, and that's promoting independent and community across the two cities. And I'm looking to hopefully do a little bit more with them as well. Brilliant. And the, on the other, on the flip side of that, what's the thing, what's the least enjoyable thing about what you do? Not the least enjoyable, but the hardest thing I think is sometimes motivation. I mean, it's easy on a day like today, the sun's shining and it's warm, but I don't, I do wonder whether in November in the dark and the rain, how easy it's going to get be to get motivated working from home alone. I think that might be challenging. But it's really nice at the moment because I get to go to Castle Howard one day a week. Um, I could go there more if, often if I wanted to, two days a week. I also can work from the French house um, a day a week. So I get to kind of mix with people. But otherwise, it, I think it could get a little bit isolated, mm. maybe. Wait and see. Wait and see, Only absolutely. Only tell. Absolutely. <laughs> and what about the, the one thing I wanted to ask? Well, actually, two things I want to ask you. One is, what piece of advice would you give to somebody a woman thinking about setting up her business, what one piece of advice would you give them? The one piece of advice I would give is to give it a go. I, I hummed and hard and I was thinking about a change for a long time. And it did feel like a bit of a leap of faith and I wasn't quite entirely sure, you know, that I was doing the right thing. But it's so far, touch wood, it has absolutely worked out. And I think the worst case scenario, if it hadn't have worked out going, going freelance, I could have looked for another paid full-time role. So I think if you're humming and hiring, absolutely give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? And I suppose the other thing is to, you know, weigh up what's important. I mean, my my reason for taking the leap was was finding the balance for my son and helping him in his last years at primary school. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm really confident and optimistic that that's going to be the right thing for both of us. Yeah, fantastic. It's really important to have that. That purpose, isn't it? Mm. And I think that's the purpose that will motivate you to get out of it on a cold November's morning, Katie. Yeah, I mean, I still have to take him to school, so <laughs> yeah. that's good, but no. <laughs> and just finally, one last thing before we wrap up. Is there anything 
you'd have done differently. You know, we all learn by mistakes, learn by things that go wrong. That's how we learn to walk in the first place, I mm. guess. So is there anything that you would have done differently that might help somebody else? I might have had a go doing it sooner, but that comes back to my first bit of advice is just to give it a go. I was thinking, oh, I had to have the security of paid holidays and national insurance and tax being paid. So I think my only, it's not a regret because I don't, I don't think about life in that way, but I think the only thing I would have done differently is maybe done it sooner. So that's kind of my advice and my regret in the same thing is to, to, just to give it a go. Do it sooner. Do it sooner, absolutely. Great. Fantastic, I love that. Thanks so much, Caitlin. It's been delightful to speak with you this morning. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you too. In her conversation, Caitlin told us about the reason she set up her business. This is so that she could spend more time with her son. So the purpose of her business is to allow her to spend more quality time with her son so she can meet him from the school gates and spend time with him in the evenings, weekends and during the holidays. So that's the purpose of her business. What is what drives her to work on her business. And sometimes, you know, business can be a lonely, difficult, tough place to be, as we often talk about on this show. But unless we have a strong driving purpose, then it will be easy to give up when times get hard. So as Caitlin said, it's easier if you're passionate about your business, it's easier to push yourself through these tough times. So I like to think that we, we need to have the, the what, the how and the why of our business really clear to help us through these tough times. So are you clear about these areas of your business? So the what is fairly straightforward. This is the field that you're in. This is what you, what you do, what you specialize in, what your experience is in. And the how is how you're going to deliver that. So what medium are you going to use to get in touch with your prospects to turn them into clients? What's your style that you're going to pass on to your clients and to your, and to your staff when you recruit them, if you haven't already? But most importantly, it's the why. Why does your business exist? What benefit does it provide for your, for your staff? What is it that really drives you forward and will let you overcome the tough times in your business? What is it that makes you leap out of bed in the morning? What's your cause, if you like? What is it that's bad in the world that your business is seeking to cure? We need to be really clear about that. We need to have our values established as well. So what is it that our business stands for? I think once you're really clear about these things, it becomes a lot easier to overcome those tough times. So again, be clear about the purpose of your business. What's its reason for being? So Disney, for example, their purpose is to make people happy. Caitlin's business purpose is to allow her to spend quality time with her son. The purpose of my business is to help business owners grow their business so they get more out of business and more out of life. It's about re-educating our local business owners and their teams so that our economy grows and expands. What is the purpose of your business? What's its why? And I think once we're clearer about that, it becomes much easier to push ourselves forward at times of adversity. So think about that. And if I can help at all, then please do get in touch. Thanks for listening. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. 
please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.